Hey, veterans. Welcome to the VA Claims Insider Podcast. We are veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. I'm your host, Air Force Service Disabled Veteran Brian Reese, and each week we share VA disability claim tips, tricks, strategies, and lessons learned to help you win, service connect, and get rated at the appropriate level, even if you've already filed or been denied. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. All right, now what are we talking about today? We're talking about VA disability ratings for GERD, but before I get there, I wanna do just a really quick disclaimer. Okay, really quick disclaimer. Brian Reese, VA Claims Insider, and nobody associated with us. We are not VSOs, we're not accredited agents, we're not uh, accredited VA attorneys. We are not associated with the Department of Veterans Affairs in any way. We are not recognized by the VA. We have absolutely nothing to do with the VA. Um, we are a private business focused on education. Okay, we provide education-based coaching and consulting services inside of our membership programs that also gets you discounted access to our team of independent medical providers. Okay, they do not work for me. They're not influenced by us in any way, but because of the volume we're able to send them we're able to get discounts for you, fellow vets as members, okay? Uh, and real quick, we are talking about GERD today, gastroesophageal reflux disease, which is a very serious medical condition, okay? I am not a doctor. Please do not use what we're talking about today as a substitute for medical advice. Do not use it as a substitute for legal advice. Um, what I'm about to talk about today cannot take the place of what a certified, qualified, educated healthcare provider may tell you, okay? So please do not rely on this for anything medical or legal related, okay? All right, let's get going though. I wanna talk about GERD VA ratings, VA disability ratings for GERD, which stands for gastroesophageal reflux disease, okay? Um, and as we step through this, I think it's going to make a lot of sense when I start talking about what GERD is and how it affects you. Um, it's amazing to me uh, how many vets suffer from GERD, but they either don't know it or they don't know what it is, meaning they know what they're feeling, they know what they're going through, but it's never been explained to them that, no, that's actually GERD. Right? I mean, you can have a, a medical diagnosis for gastroesophageal reflux disease. Okay, so um, in 2020, by the way, the GERD VA ratings uh, can be rated at 10%, 30%, or 60%. Okay, and it's, uh, I'll step through that a little bit more as well. You are not going to find anything in 38 CFR, part four, the schedule for rating disabilities that talks about GERD. It's not listed. Okay, GERD is not rated on its own in its own category. Okay, GERD is actually tied into a disease of the digestive system. 
okay? And it's actually rated under diagnostic code 7346, which is called hernia hiatal, okay? Hiatal hernia. So if you're uh, perusing 38 CFR part four, um, if you do a keyword search for GERD or reflux disease or gastroesophageal, you're not gonna find it, it's not listed, okay? Um, gastroesophageal reflux disease, acid reflux, it is tied to hiatal hernia. And the reason being, gang, is basically what happens is the disability picture is characterized as an issue with your abdomen, okay? And that can be pain, anemia, disturbances of nutrition, various degrees of reflux, okay? And so because they're considered coexisting, they're not inclusive, they're combined, okay? They're combined into a single rating, okay? So we'll step through that here in a little bit. But by the way, if you are stuck, if you are frustrated, if you are underrated, meaning you're at 0% and you believe you should be 50, okay? You're at 30 and you believe you should have a 70% rating. Or maybe you're at 90 and, and you think you should be 100%, okay? Um, if you continue to stay stuck, frustrated, and underrated, you could be missing out on thousands of dollars of tax-free compensation each month. You could be missing out on medical benefits for you and your family that you deserve by law. Perhaps you're missing out on educational benefits, property tax breaks, uh, the list goes on. And so as, as a fellow disabled vet, one of the things that I hear a lot from vets um, is, you know, they'll kind of say, hey, you know, I don't, I don't really feel like I'm disabled. You know, I'm, I'm injured. I got some stuff going on, but I'm not disabled. Right. I look, I get it. Okay. Um, if it were me, I would change VA disability. I wouldn't call it disability. Right. I'd, I'd call it uh, VA injury scale. Right. Because many of us suffer from injuries that have turned into conditions that have led us to some type of disability. But when you talk about disability, people don't like that. It feels dirty. It feels ugly. It feels like I should be in a wheelchair and I'm not. Okay, knock on wood. Um, guess what? I can't change that right now. It's called VA disability. Okay, but maybe you're just severely injured and it's affecting your work and your life and your social functioning. So I I'm going to allow you right here, right now, I'm giving you permission. I am giving you permission as a fellow disabled vet that you are eligible under the law for VA benefits, okay? You're eligible, you're eligible. You're entitled to VA disability benefits under the law if you meet certain criteria. The system exists for you because you raised your hand and said, I'm willing to fight and possibly die for my country, okay? And this goes as far back as the founding of what led to America, the pilgrims in the 1600s, the Revolutionary War in the late 1700s, Abraham Lincoln's call during the Civil War, okay? This isn't something new. 
the VA disability system was foundational to the creation of our democracy, okay? And I'm telling you, stop sitting around feeling sorry for yourself. Stop sitting around thinking you don't deserve it because you do deserve it, okay? You do deserve it, and I'm giving you permission, okay? You need some help. You need more medical evidence. You want to come in and take advantage of our educational resources inside of our membership programs. There'll be a link across the bottom if you're watching the recording. VA Claims Insider Elite.com. Hopefully, a, a team member will drop it um, inside of the Facebook Live chat. If you're watching on YouTube, okay, welcome to you as well. You can open up the description of this video. You can also go to the comments section and ask. Anything that you want to know, okay, we're going to do our best to answer it as informational and educational purposes only. Um, but even if you're watching the recording, I want you to know you're not alone. We haven't forgot about you. We're going to try to answer it. Okay, so again, you're stuck, frustrated, and underrated. I'm giving you permission to go for it and get what you deserve by law. Okay. Now I want I want to clarify something because uh, there was this ridiculous report released. I'm not going to go into to detail about it. Um, but you have folks out there who are somehow looking at folks who are quote unquote coaching or educating veterans about what to say during their exams. Okay. And I want to address that for a second. Because first of all, it's freaking BS ridiculousness, which I'm going to get to in a second. Okay, but I want y'all to understand something and why we exist. And when I talk about education-based coaching and consulting, what I mean by that, okay? This is important, this is really important, okay? Coaching by its very nature is something that's an inside out process from the heart out, okay? Whereas consulting is from an outside-in perspective, right? You hire a consultant to, to do something for you. The coaching process is helping somebody unleash and unlock the very best version of themselves. And maybe they couldn't have gotten there without a coach. Okay, that's what coaching actually means. And so when I talk about coaching, in the context of disabled veterans, we are not teaching you to lie or stretch the truth. That's against federal law, right? There's something called the False Claims Act with criminal and civil penalties, okay? If you file a false claim knowing that it's not true, okay, there are potentially severe repercussions for that, okay? What we help you do at VA Claims Insider is we help you get comfortable being uncomfortable. I'm gonna say that again. We help you get comfortable being uncomfortable so that you can tell your true story cold, sometimes for the first time. It might be the first time that you have ever opened up about your mental health condition, about a, a military sexual trauma situation, um, about sexual dysfunction that you're dealing with, about alcoholism, drug abuse, okay? 
which we know are typically coping mechanisms. Those are side effects, coping mechanisms of the severe issues you're dealing with, okay? What we do, our value add, yeah, we're, we're VA experts. We know the law. We understand what the different rating criteria are, what the symptoms are. We can connect you with uh, independent medical professionals for DBQs and nexus letters if allowed. But the even bigger value add is helping you take control of your VA disability claim so that you own it finally. You are the master and the controller of your destiny, okay? And you can talk about things and be uncomfortably vulnerable. So that when you go into your compensation and pension exam, you're prepared to fight back, okay? You're prepared to tell your true story finally after all these years and be vulnerable and tell them, no, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what it feels like when you do that. This is what has happened in my life. This is why my marriage is destroyed. This is why I'm an alcoholic. This is why I'm a drug addict. This is why I pace around my house all night long and I can't freaking sleep. This is why I can't breathe. This is why I'm hooked up to this machine, okay? That is what we help you do, okay? And if anybody has a problem with that, I really don't give a crap. I don't care, okay? You're not a good fit for us because I'm fighting for you every single day. I'm arming you, I'm equipping you to punch back against illegal, immoral, and unethical compensation and pension examiners. Makes me sick to my stomach. Absolutely outrageous that nothing has been done about this. I'm telling you, we ain't going away. We're gonna fight it all the way to the top of the food chain, all the way. Okay, all the way. Woo! Can you feel it? Can you feel it? I feel it. I'm feeling it today, man. We are, we are spun up. We're feeling it today, and we're talking about GERD. All right, let's get back to GERD. Um, GERD, by the way, gastroesophageal reflux disease is also a very common secondary disability claim. Okay, GERD is often the result symptoms and side effects of medications that you're taking okay you could even google this when we're done today if you're watching the recording um hey side effects of mental health condition drugs ssris headaches vomiting nausea ibs gerd upset stomach diarrhea okay acid reflux all very very common symptoms of side effects that you're taking for medication Okay, so let's talk about GERD. What the heck is GERD? How do I understand if I even have GERD? Brian, tell me what it's about. GERD is acid reflux. Okay, if you've ever had that painful pressure in your throat coming up into where you know you almost feel like you're gonna vomit. Sometimes maybe you are vomiting. Maybe you're maybe you've got blood and vomit that happens, but it's essentially the stomach acid, nasty stomach acid that's repeatedly flowing back into your esophagus. What is the esophagus? The tube that connects your mouth and your stomach. All right, I'm pointing at it. That's your esophagus, okay? And when that happens, when that stomach acid is repeatedly regurgitated back and forth 
the lining inside of your esophagus okay becomes irritated and that sensation that irritation in your esophagus from the stomach acid which is nasty stuff by the way okay when that happens that leads to the heartburn or the reflux okay where you know you sort of feel like you're almost like you're throwing up or you got a burning sensation um, going up and down, which is incredibly uncomfortable if you've ever dealt with GERD. I have severe GERD, so I know what this is like. I take medications every single day for GERD, okay? Every single day for GERD, so I understand what it feels like. It sucks. Um, and there's a variety of, of medications, by the way. There's, um, there's now OTC stuff, like Prilosec, Omeprazole, OTC, um, you can also get those medications from your VA doctor or from your private doctor if you think that you have GERD, okay? Um, now, there's also a great blog post out there. If you Google GERD VA rating, you'll see one of our posts come up there. I wrote a, a very high-value how-to guide talking about GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease, very common as a primary disability. Um, also very common as a secondary disability, okay? So again, there was some folks have said, what are you talking about? This GERD thing, it's not listed in 38 CFR. You're right, it's not, because it falls under hiatal hernia, okay? Code 7346, hernia hiatal. Okay, so let's talk about this a little bit, and we'll talk about the rating. So GERD can be rated 10%, 30%, 60%. 60% is the highest VA disability rating you can have for GERD. Very, very, very severe symptoms at the 60% level. Okay, severe pain, vomiting. You might even have bloody stools okay, at the 60% level. Um, the 30% level is kind of the mid-range, right? And what you've got there are more moderate symptoms, okay? You've got heartburn, but perhaps it's controlled by continuous use of medications. And then at the 10% level, you're just going to have a lot more moderate symptoms, okay? Now, one thing I want to mention is if you file a primary or a secondary disability claim for GERD, once you get a compensation and pension exam, they might have you do a blood test, okay? This is sort of new. Um, it's the reason that they're doing the blood test, they're not testing necessarily for how severe your reflux is, they're testing to see if you have anemia, okay? Anemia, that is what they're checking for. So if you get a blood test, don't panic. Um, it's common, okay, for them, to, for them to do that, okay? So GERD is a secondary condition though. I wanna talk about this. If you've got no evidence in your active duty service treatment records, that have anything to do with acid reflux, regurgitation, having trouble sleeping, vomiting, severe heartburn, uh, whatever, right? Maybe you've got some different symptoms. If you don't have anything in your active duty service treatment records that talk about that, you need to be very concerned about filing GERD as a primary disability because it'll probably get denied. Right? It'll probably get denied service connection, um, but perhaps you can connect it secondarily to something else 
if you truly believe that, no, my GERD is, is due to something else. My GERD is proximately due to or aggravated by or the result of another service-connected disability, okay? Which, something like PTSD, okay? Something like any other mental health condition that's already service-connected. Generalized anxiety disorder, major depressive disorder, somatic symptom disorder, bulimia, okay? Schizophrenia, PTSD, whatever the mental health, chronic adjustment disorder, right? Whatever the mental health condition is that you already have service-connected, if you're taking condition, uh, excuse me, if you're taking medications to help manage your symptoms, it's very possible you're struggling with side effects. Side effects, maybe that's causing IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, maybe it's causing GERD, astroesophageal reflux disease, okay? So secondary service connection, though, this is the missing link if you're going to go for GERD secondary. And it's what almost every veteran forgets about are the three requirements under the law, okay? And by the way, this is for any secondary service connection claim, okay? If you're filing a secondary disability claim, you got to have three things. You ready? Who's ready? Somebody give me a heck yeah. <laughs> All right. So first of all, you have to have a medical diagnosis of whatever secondary condition you're trying to connect. If you don't have a medical diagnosis for GERD, get your butt to the doctor. If you don't know what heartburn or acid reflux is, but as a result of this video, you're like, man, Brian, I, I, I have that. I suffer from that same thing. Go get a diagnosis. Okay, pick up the phone, call your VA primary care physician, talk to them about what's going on. Okay, you could also go to a, an urgent care facility, depending on how severe your GERD is. Right? You could maybe you're already taking over-the-counter medications, you know, or you keep a roll of tums with you everywhere you go to help manage your symptoms. That's that's what that is. Okay, but you got to have a medical diagnosis somewhere either in a VA record or a private treatment record. Okay, well, after you've got your diagnosis, there has to be a condition that's already service-connected that you're going to link it to. Okay, PTSD, depression, anxiety, migraines, IBS, okay? Now, that will already be connected, assuming you already have it, and rated, it'll be inside of eBenefits, okay, in your disabilities tab or in va.gov. So that's a given, assuming you've already got it service connected. And then the third part, which is what everybody forgets is by law, there must be something called medical nexus evidence that establishes a connection between whatever service connected disability is that you already have and the current disability, which is what you're trying to connect, which in this case would be GERD, okay? Medical nexus evidence. The best way to do that, in our opinion, is to get a competent and credible medical nexus letter, sometimes called a medical nexus opinion. Sometimes it's called an independent medical opinion. It all means the same thing. What it is, is it's a competent and credible piece of evidence that is completed okay, by a qualified healthcare provider there's, there's different qualifications there. At a minimum, I recommend a nurse practitioner. 
um, a, a PA is better, okay, the difference of nursing school and medical school, I recommend using at least a PA, okay, but you could go to a nurse practitioner. And what that professional is going to do is they're going to write a medical opinion as to the likelihood based upon the evidence they reviewed, based upon case law precedent, based upon medical research, the likelihood that your GERD is proximately due to the result of or aggravated by the other service-connected disability in your body, okay? So critical. And then they're gonna list their opinion at the end. Something like, in my medical opinion, it is at least as likely as not that veteran Brian Reese's GERD was aggravated by the medications he's taking for his service-connected post-traumatic stress disorder in accordance with blah, 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 okay? Very high likelihood then that you can get that secondary condition service-connected. And how do you get a medical nexus letter? You could ask your VA doctor, good luck, okay? You could go to a private provider that uh, maybe is in your referral network, awesome. You could ask your own doctor, Maybe you've got an outside provider that you see um, based upon you know, insurance or whatever. Or you can get your butt inside of VA Claims Insider Elite, okay? which is our premier education-based coaching and consulting program. We help disabled veterans get the VA disability rating compensation they deserve. We help you unlock and unleash your own situation so that you can explain it to the VA and be uncomfortably vulnerable. You can know and nail your true story, okay? And you can also add new and relevant medical evidence in the form of either disability benefit questionnaire reviews, DBQs, or medical nexus letters, okay? That'll help you prove service connection under the law because remember if you can't get something service connected you ain't gonna get compensation for it and you're not going to be eligible for benefits okay again I, uh, that blood test somebody asked a question about the blood test they're screening for an anemia okay they're screening for anemia okay and by the way anemia is a condition if you lack enough healthy red blood cells Okay, meaning the oxygen isn't going um, to the, the appropriate body parts and into the tissue. And if you have anemia, by the way, you might be tired and weak all the time. Okay, fatigue, weakness, um, irregular heartbeat, shortness of breath, chest pain. Those are very common symptoms of anemia. Okay, so that's probably why you're getting the blood test. Okay. Um, but I want to talk real quick, though, about the rating criteria for GERD, and then I'll take some questions from y'all. And thank you, by the way. I've got some amazing teammates on right now. Thank you for helping monitor the chat and answering questions. If you're watching the replay on YouTube, please ask your question, and uh, we'll try to answer it, okay? But remember, GERD is not listed in 38 CFR Part 4. You're not going to find it. But if you go down to the hernia part, hiatal hernia, or hernia hiatal, you're going to see the 60, the 30, and the 10% criteria, okay? 
So real quick, I'm gonna read the 60% criteria for GERD. And by the way, these symptoms are not all inclusive, okay? The symptoms listed in conditions in 38 CFR are not meant to be an exact guide, okay, by case law. They're meant to be an approximate level of impairment, okay? So at the 60% rating, this is what it says. I'm gonna pull it up here on my screen so that I don't miss something. Okay, the 60% rating for GERD, symptoms of pain, vomiting, weight loss, okay? Uh, moderate anemia or other symptom combinations productive of severe impairment of health, okay? Severe impairment of health, vomiting, severe pain, weight loss, moderate anemia, okay? That's the 60% rating. Whereas the 30% talks about persistently recurrent epigastric distress, okay? What that means is you're having constant reflux, okay? Maybe you've got pain in the arms and shoulders as well, and it's causing considerable impairment of your health, okay? Versus the 60% rating talks about severe impairment of health, whereas 30% talks about considerable impairment of health, okay? And then the 10% is you're at the 30% the level, but with less severity, okay? Maybe your uh, epigastric distress is not persistent. Maybe it's once a month, right? That would be something that would probably get you a 10% rating for GERD, okay? But uh, again, don't forget about GERD as a secondary disability. Uh, very, very, very important, okay? All right, you guys are crazy. There's a whole bunch of questions and comments in here. There's 217 of you on live. Welcome. You can see I'm just chilling out in the mountains here. I'm just kidding. That's my green screen. <laughs> I've got an awesome green screen. Thanks, DP. Um, and I found some cool photos, by the way. So you'll see I've got, um, I've got mountains. I've got the, the military member, which is, is super rad. But um, anyway, who's got a question that I can answer now? I'll hang out here for 10 or 15 minutes or so. If you've got a question, you can ask me anything. It doesn't have to be about GERD. It could be about something else. Maybe you could just jump on and tell me, Ryan, you're out of regs, bro. You need to cut your hair. <laughs> What's up, Ryan? Hey, Greg. I got my phone out right now, see? So that I can talk to you guys. I can still see you on the screen and I can still answer questions in real time, all right? Um, let's see here, on a doctor, did the same to me, I have every sign and symptom of the 30, and if you had 60, yeah, you're talking about lumping stuff together. Um, VA raters, unfortunately, and even compensation pension examiners, many of them struggle to understand how they code or classify it because so many of the gastro issues are lumped into one. Okay, it could be confusing for them. So if the medication is working in preventing the burning and vomiting, how do I claim that? So Tyrone, that would be a personal decision. Okay, you could still claim it. Maybe you get service connected at 0%. 
um, maybe you get 10%, right? Because you're still having symptoms of epigastric distress, but it's controlled by medication, okay? So, I mean, you're, you're not gonna be eligible for the higher ratings, but I, you're being very honest, that's fantastic, open, honest, vulnerable, you can go ahead and claim that. So you could claim GERD as a secondary disability to something you've already got, okay? Uh, or maybe it's a maybe it's a primary. That's how I would handle that. Jeff Patch, what's up, Jay Pizzle? He does all of our graphics, man. So awesome. If you've been to our About Us page, our new logo is just rad. Thank you, Jeff, for everything, man. You're a rock star. Can GERD be secondary to OSA? GERD can be Janice. GERD can be secondary to anything. There's no limitation as long as there's some type of a logical link or connection medically that connects the two, okay? Now, off the top of my head, I don't know whether there's medical research reports that support GERD, secondary obstructive sleep apnea, but it makes sense that it could be. Um, and maybe you're taking medications to manage other conditions you're dealing with which is causing the GERD, okay? So that's possible. Now that I'm taking medications for daily for GERD, how do I show symptoms since the symptoms are being managed daily? Okay, Alex, one thing you may wanna consider, and this is important because I think this ties to the previous question. So if you don't have symptoms or the symptoms are being managed successfully through medication, first of all, awesome right? That's, that's great. The, the idea here is you want to get better or at least be able to manage your symptoms. So what I recommend though is you still should try to get it service connected, even if it's at 0% or 10% because your symptoms aren't that severe. Because guess what? Nobody here is getting any younger, okay? Nobody on this call hearing my voice, including myself, is getting any younger. And what happens when we get older? Our body breaks down, things get worse, okay? And 20 years from now, dang, you're gonna wish you got that service connected. Because if things change or it gets worse or the medications don't help anymore, you're probably gonna wanna file for an increase at a later date, okay? Can you get secondary GERD rated at 60%? Absolutely. So whether your GERD gets rated at 10%, 30%, 60%, it doesn't matter. And whether it's a primary disability for direct service connection or a secondary disability for secondary service connection, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change the rating criteria, okay? Oh my goodness, y'all are crazy. So Alex says he's rated at 10% for GERD. Okay, so, so you, might, you might be where you should be, okay? It's, it's a personal decision on your behalf of whether you think you qualify for the higher rating criteria or not, okay? Uh, Roy, how you doing, sir? I'm waiting to have my other claim close out before going for GERD. I have a DBQ nexus. Yep, that makes sense that you may want to let that other one close. You add new evidence now, you, you add new things, it can kick it all back. Um, um, I have PTSD with secondary alcohol abuse. Can I get 
GERD, diagnosis of Barrett's esophagus and hiatal hernia cannot work as secondary. It can. Um, Jeffrey, you got to be very careful though when we're looking at the alcohol abuse because if the VA determines that the alcohol is what has caused the GERD, they can technically deny the claim and basically say that it was your willful misconduct. Not always, but they can. Um, we know that alcoholism and alcohol use disorder is typically the result of, it's a coping mechanism to try to manage the fear, anxiety, stress, panic attacks, depression, the mental health conditions, the PTSD, okay? Um, but you're gonna wanna be very clear on what you believe your GERD is secondary to, okay? Is the GERD secondary to the alcohol abuse or is the GERD secondary to the medications you're taking to manage the PTSD? Okay, that matters. So you might wanna think about that in your, in your claim and in your situation. Bob wrote, hello, Brian, I've been out for 40 years. Does the VA take my application less seriously? Absolutely not. Bob, there's there's lots of reasons, I think, why vets don't file a disability claim when they first get out. Um, lots of reasons. Some of it is fear. Some of it's anxiety. Some of it is, is the guilt trip we own of, I don't think I deserve anything, right? Um, maybe you just don't care at the time. Maybe you had no issues 40 years ago, right? Um, but now you do. And now you want to get that stuff service connected. You want to be recognized for your service and for your disability condition. So it's not that the VA takes your application 40 years later, you know, less seriously. Um, it's that it's going to be harder for you to prove service connection. Okay. Cause you've been out for 40 years. So I think you need to be thinking about, do you have your service treatment records? What conditions or symptoms or even subjective symptoms are listed in your service treatment records? Okay, because if it's not in there, you're going to have a very, very, very hard time getting those things service connected 40 years later. Okay, I, I wish I had a better answer for you. Don't. Um, one of the ways you can help yourself with DBQs and Nexus letters, um, but it's not a guarantee. Let's see here. I have GERDs and Barrett's esophagus. Can I get rated higher than 60? So I, I've seen this before. It's They're probably going to combine it, okay, because of pyramiding. They're not going to rate you separately for conditions with virtually identical symptoms. Okay, they're only going to rate you once. Okay, you're going to be able to link sleep, link to sleep apnea. Sure. Yeah, I don't see why you can't. Yeah, man, some vets are posting here about severe GERD symptoms. It's tough. It's tough. Um, doo -doo. hey Brad, hey Rusty, thanks, Combat Craig. Man, thank you, Jeff, for answering so many of these questions as well, which is fantastic. Yeah, Jeff Patch, I've heard a lot that I don't deserve it. Not true, you served, you do deserve it. Amen. 
Amen, right? We're giving you permission to get the VA benefits you deserve by law, okay? Nothing more, nothing less. What you deserve by law. What do we help you do at VA Claims Insider? We help you take control of your own claim so that you can understand what you're fighting against so you can punch back. And I want you to think about this for a second. Okay, if you go interview for a job, let's say you apply for a job at Facebook, at Google, heck, maybe you've even applied for a job at the VA, okay? Are you gonna show up to that job interview cold, right? Or are you gonna have done some research, right? Are you gonna try to understand what types of things you might be asked so that you're prepared, right? It's, it's no different for your VA disability claim. It's making sure that you're educated and prepared so that you can properly explain what you're dealing with. Because if there's one thing I've seen and learned over time, veterans suck at getting vulnerable. Man, we wear these masks. We think we're so tough, right? Why? Because we were trained that way. We were put through training in the military that it does not matter what you're suffering from personally. You never leave a brother or sister behind no matter what, and you never fail in the mission. The mission is first, always. And man, it, hey, they're good at, at banging that into our heads. And then what happens? We get out, we, we hide, we act like we're fine. We start drinking, we start taking drugs, right? We limp around, we wear braces, we take over the counter medications like freaking candy, okay? We're hiding. We're hiding. Most veterans are not able to articulate their symptoms because they don't want to sound like they're whining. They don't want to sound like they're complaining. They don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to be a pansy. They think they don't deserve it. Okay. So many reasons. All we help you do is we give you permission. We give you permission as fellow vets to say it is okay not to be okay. We arm you with information. That's it. Okay. And then, of course, you can get connected to independent medical providers if you need disability examinations, if you need to go in person, right? We've, there's in-person clinics as well around the United States. Um, and you can get more medical evidence, all right? Or you could use your own doctors for more medical evidence. Okay. Again, you need some help. You'll see a link displayed at the bottom. There's also a link in the chat but you can join us right now and start for free inside of our VA Claims Insider Elite Membership Program, www.vaclaimsinsiderelite.com. Okay, then you go on to step two. You'll sign our membership agreement. It specifies our terms, our privacy. Okay, very, very important since everything we're talking about is HIPAA related to your medical information. And that's, man, it would be an honor to have you become an insider, to have you join our family, for me to tell you, welcome home. 
okay? Welcome home, all right? I love you guys. Again, please keep asking your questions even after we're not live, whether you're watching this on Facebook or on YouTube, and I'm gonna try to answer as many of your questions as I can, okay? I love you guys so much. Thank you for all the love and support. Uh, we couldn't do this without you, okay? We'll talk to you soon.